Hello, hello. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to Watching Up. Hello. I'm Rachel. I'm Michelle. And we're back once again to bring you the hard-hitting facts about goings-on in the world. <laughs> the facts of life. The facts of life. The facts of life. What's up, sister? How are you doing on this rainy Dallas day? <laughs> yeah, it's it's storming outside, so it's uh, it's a little gloomy here. I like the vibes, but it makes me want to take a nap. Yeah. So that's I, where I'm at. <laughs> I need a nap every day. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully you could stay awake for this podcast. We'll see. What if I just fall asleep hopefully. in the middle? <laughs> more, imper- more importantly, hopefully the listeners can stay awake. <laughs> that is less uh, likely. Just kidding. Yeah. Well, what did you do this weekend? Um, I... We went to the movies, as always. We saw Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, um, mm-hmm. and it was really, really good. Highly recommend if you appreciate animation in the art form. I saw that it took the number one highest rating on Letterboxd mm-hmm. of all time. So now yeah. Spirited Away, which was previously number 11, is number 12. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that, <laughs> but um, I mean, people are very, very into it. I, I really enjoyed it, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful work of art. Lots of colors, lots of – you can tell that a lot of time and effort and thought and detail went into making it, and that's probably why it took like five years, but it was mm-hmm. it was a good experience. Um, I might go see it again, to be honest. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to think and remember because my memory is shit. Um, Saturday, what did I do? Nothing, I guess. Cleaned. I don't really remember. And then Sunday, we just did some stuff around the house and I switched out all the light bulbs in the house and it made everything look a lot better. Nice. So, and you that's got- a cheap thing you can do. Yeah, I went I went thrifting. Treasure. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was another thing I did. I went to an estate sale and I went to a thrift store and I found some treasures and one treasure for Rachel. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I had to cut myself off from seeking out estate sales this weekend because I've been doing too much. <laughs> yeah, I've been going too hard in the paint, but <laughs> yeah, it's hard but to it's stop so, once so you get fun. started. I know it's like it truly is like an addicting thing, especially because it's like it's like treasure hunting. It's like mm-hmm. You never know what you're gonna find. And I haggled, and I was shaking in my boots. I don't like doing <laughs> that, but I got it. <laughs> I got a good. <laughs> I imagine you going up like, um, can oh, you would do- you take 15 for this? <laughs> I know it's marked at 50. Will you do 49? I don't know why it makes me so nervous, but even when I walked in, the guy was like, oh, we're negotiating on everything because we need yeah, to get rid of stuff. Yeah, especially on Sundays. And I yeah. was like, okay, <laughs> I'll do okay, my best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's realistic here? Yeah. Yeah, I know the feeling. But yeah, they truly are just like trying to get rid of shit, so yeah. can't lose. Um, but that's fun. 
That's a great way to spend a Sunday. Yeah. What about you? Um, I I didn't really do shit <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. What did I do? I um my memory is also shit, so I don't even know. Literally, like every single <laughs> week, people ask me what I did over the weekend, and I'm like, your guess is as good as mine. I cannot remember. You tell me. <laughs> I, I yeah, I I went on some walks. I mean, like above and beyond, like the dog walks. I tried to do like some hot girl walks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. And then I ran some errands. I got groceries, just the usual. I did that. I did that. It's all coming back to me. <laughs> it's all coming back. Um, yeah, genuinely, I don't know. <laughs> I would have to. And nor back. should you. I would have to look back at my texts. If I context. can't remember it, it must not have been that <laughs> memorable. So exactly, I watched some TV. I watched a, probably. I actually watched a bunch of TV, um, which we'll talk about. Uh, I guess we can just jump in because I. Clearly, have nothing exciting to say about my weekend. <laughs> and um, I watched enough TV to catch up on Barry this weekend. Oh yeah! So I know that just ended last week. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we had to dedicate the whole episode to Succession last week. But yeah, now that I'm caught up, it's we necessary. can discuss the ending of Batty. Yeah, what did you think? I liked it. I think that I kind of. I want to get your thoughts first because I feel like since I did watch it in kind of like a very like broken up pace, Mm -hmm. um, my feelings might be a little bit different than people who were like dedicated. I don't know. I did too though, I think. I think I watched like the first two seasons a long time ago and then I watched the third season when it came out and then the fourth I like watched half of it when we were in San Antonio and then quit and then went back and it was kind of disjointed yeah I guess my general my general like takeaway from that is just that I feel like maybe I didn't connect with the characters as much as maybe someone who was like watching throughout like Mm -hmm. at a normal pace Mm -hmm. um and so that kind of like detracted from me like caring about what happened to them in the end Mm -hmm. but I did really I did really like just kind of like the way that the last season like played out I think the only characters I really liked were no ho Hank and um Mr. Cousineau Mm. like and I like cared what happened to them but like Barry himself and maybe I mean I feel like every show nowadays is about like an anti-hero but he I mean to me I was just like I what like I understood why his background would be a little sympathetic but I wasn't like super like shocked about like how it all ended for him and stuff yeah there was definitely a point like I feel like during the show where I'm like okay if you get out of this now like you'll be redeemable you know like Mm -hmm. it just kind of went past the point of no return yeah um at a certain point and so obviously that that's the point but (laughs) yeah but but yeah I I my favorite too was no ho hank I was kind of like um spoiler alert for Barry if it wasn't already clear at this point we'll be spoiling it (laughs) but um I was glad that he got to like die in his the love of his life's arms (laughs) yeah but it was so sad how Cristobal got killed 
something that I was like, y'all are going to be gangsters. <laughs> going to be gangsters. You're going to be gangsters. There's going to be consequences. He wanted to make himself believe that he didn't kill him, but mm-hmm. in his like in his heart, he knew that he did. It was mm-hmm. his kind of fault, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked the. I don't know. I don't know if it was a show that like lended itself to binging. It was easy to binge because the episodes are so short, but mm-hmm. I could see how it would benefit from like having to wait week to week for new episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, because like there's cliffhangers at the end of the episode, but when you're binging, you just get that re- like the payoff right mm-hmm. within the next few seconds. So I think kind of like- I think I would have liked it better if I was able to binge it because I remember oh, really? getting to the end of season three and being like really like engaged and being like shit what's gonna happen and then like having to wait like a year more and then being like wait what I for I totally yeah. forgot where we were um, yeah I think so. I'm the opposite or maybe just like with at least with like the fourth season if I had been like on track for the rest of for the uh for the final season mm-hmm. maybe that would have been good but but yeah I mean I thought Bill Hader was great um, yeah it was definitely an interesting take on directing and story and um what did you think about the ending um so I mean I was pretty sure that he was like gonna die um I guess I didn't I didn't really have any theories or anything about like how it was going to happen, but I guess I didn't expect Mr. Kusuno to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, okay, so now Mr. Kusuno has to like pay the price for all of Barry's crimes <laughs> and he gets to look like the hero in the movie at the end. Right. Um, like that's the part. Like, what did you think of that? Like his son uh, watches a, like a really bad, like, hallmark version of like the story of like his dad <laughs> yeah and it says that and it like Barry rewrites gets, history basically yeah very very gets buried in like arlington cemetery with like full honors and mr kusno's in prison serving time for his death and the death of uh his ex-girlfriend um who barry actually killed and so I guess I was texting with my friend Lauren about it and she was just, you know, she pointed out very um, correctly that the kind of everyone ended up with what they wanted. Like Barry gets to look like the hero. Mr. Kusuno gets for everyone to know his name. Like he gets infamy. Mm-hmm. Um, Noho Hank gets to like be with the love of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just kind of like, I wasn't really like rooting for anyone to get what they wanted I guess if that makes sense yeah I think it was like a commentary on um the way the motivation of like Barry was kind of caught in this like lifestyle that he didn't really choose to be a part of and like the people like caught in like the Hollywood like hamster wheel just like trying to get famous or like whatever they think they want it kind of like all like at the end it didn't matter because the story everybody knows is the wrong story. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just thought that was an interesting way to like kind of turn the story on its head and be like, yes, this like this segment of people is bad, but this segment of people was also bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know. Yeah. Um, Do you think Mr. Kusno is happy (laughs) that he's in prison? (laughs) Even though... Uh, 
or happy that he gets fame even though it means that he's in prison i mean probably on some level he's happy that he has notoriety but obviously i think he would have rather not been in prison (laughs) (laughs) um but also i'm sure he's just happy that barry was dead yeah um yeah i thought that the the way that that the scene was shot was very intriguing. The scene of him dying, mm-hmm. um, where it like cuts right after mm-hmm. the bullet hits his head. <laughs> they did that a couple times in the episode, where it just cut to black. Yeah, um, they also do it pretty much every episode with the opening, like the title card. They mm-hmm. always like cut something off short, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like a theme throughout the the show. Yeah, which I always liked. It always made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a good show. Twas. Twas. It's always hard. I mean, following an act like Succession. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't really understand why they put the finale on the same night. I think they should have held it a week. Um, I know. You you would think. Yeah. I don't know why they did that either. If it was like some sort of deadline or something. They should have put it on this past week with the idol right after. Yeah. That would have made more sense. Yeah. I guess I would have to change the time, but whatever. Um, so yeah, good another good show that ended. All of the shows are ending. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was a new show that came out that you watched mm. that um we can talk about. Yeah. The, the Duggars. I don't know what it's, it's called. called Shiny Happy People. Um, a Duggar. The Duggar story, I think is what it's called. It's on Amazon Prime Video. Um, it's a, I believe it's four part, three or four part documentary series about uh, the Duggar family from the TLC show, uh, 19 Kids and Counting. And um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know like the story and like have seen them in the news and like about what like the oldest brother is, was like a child predator and is in jail now. But um, it Gross. it's it goes way deeper than that, and it kind of goes into um, the religious movement that the family was a part of, and basically the cult that they were a part of, and mm-hmm. and I think the parents still are. Um, and one of the daughters, Jill, is like in the documentary, and she like talks about a lot of stuff that happened. She's one of the sisters that was. Um, attacked by her brother and it was just really really well done it had a lot of it had her and then it had the cousin their cousin that was on the show sometimes Mm -hmm. and then but then it also had different women from other families that were also in that um religious cult Mm -hmm. and just talked about like the leader of the cult and like how um women were conditioned throughout like the religion and um it was just crazy and the stories were insane and I highly recommend it. It was like, it's really funny. It's like, I watch a lot of documentaries about like religious cults and a lot of, a lot of them I'm like, Oh, like I understand like how this is a thing, but it doesn't really like relate to me, but this specific one, I feel like there's so many different like segments of Christianity and religion. Not that I'm saying like, uh, 
Christianity in and of itself is a cult, but mm-hmm. there's just aspects to it where I'm like, that's like dangerously, I feel like close to something mm-hmm. that I am like very intimately familiar with. Yeah. So um, it's just, it was just interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. I've always kind of had a hard time with that because like, I, I, I remember the first time I was seeing or I don't remember specifically the first time, but I remember there being a point in my life where I was like watching something like that and kind of like coming to the realization of like, okay, if this is a cult and these elements are present, right? like what is Christianity? <laughs> like what, like why is this any different from like, right? you know, going to church and the school that we went to and like all of that kind of stuff and I it's just always it's kind of like a a rude awakening a little bit yeah where you're it's also like very interesting and like you said like I'm not saying the the way that we were raised was like cultly or anything like that but no but it is it was it is kind of cathartic to just see other people that kind of had to grow up and kind of like realize things and unlearn certain things mm-hmm. and it's just like a very familiar process to me personally and um I'm sure to a lot of people because it's like you're told one thing growing up and you just you don't question it cuz it's just like oh that's just the way it is like it's just yeah what you're taught and then like in an echo chamber it's like you're not gonna know any different yeah and then you hit a certain age or you like kind of get out of that or you just get out into the world on your own you're like wait a second (laughs) yeah this like doesn't like line up with everything I've been told my whole life so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was very well done so I highly recommend it um on Amazon Prime video Love it. Duggars. Did you ever watch their show? Mm-hmm. I watch it all the I never time. Did. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never watched it. I don't know why. I always remember really? thinking, I mean, they're like super very, very strict. Like like it was like a lot of like the principles I feel like we were taught, but it was just like on like a crazy level. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah I never remember thinking like when I was watching it like they're like abusing their children in a sense but like now like looking back and and them talking about like behind the scenes stuff is just like it's just crazy to kind of like have that hindsight yeah it's like when you think about it like uh, from the surface it seems like TLC was just like this family has 18 kids Mm -hmm. that's crazy let's make a show about them and Mm -hmm. then obviously there's so much more beneath the surface and then it kind of like snowballed into this whole like very dark kind of Mm -hmm. situation that yeah like super dark and I just think the the girl Jill the one that was in the documentary is so brave and like Mm -hmm. so strong and like just such a like cool person like I just really enjoyed like listening to her and her husband talk about it is she the only one of the kids that has like broken out of it no I don't think she's the only one that is kind of like I don't know if they're estranged from their family but she said at the end that they're just like kind of on the outside but I think there's a couple of other daughters that feel the same they might just not have wanted to like participate in the Mm -hmm. documentary um but yeah yeah. I just related to her a lot for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That can definitely be cathartic for sure. Uh-huh. Did you ever watch Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the last one I watched kind of like in that vein. Yeah. And those like I like enjoy too, but it like there's always been that barrier like, oh, the, this is Mormons and like this is that. Like in this one, it was very just like this was an evangelical like Christian like like set of beliefs. And they even talked about something mm-hmm. in the documentary called the Joshua Generation. Mm-hmm. And I like distinctly remember them talking about that at our church. And oh, so really? it was like... <laughs> Oh shoot, like it's like getting like very close to home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots of stuff to unpack for sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you liked it. Maybe I will watch it eventually. I think you should. I mean, it took me like it wasn't very long, but it kind of goes into the history also of TLC and how it kind of became a freak show network almost mm-hmm. which For I thought real. was really interesting because that's it really is like the modern day freak show they're just like look at all these oddities and yeah look at <laughs> like, all these people who eat insulation and car like stuffing yeah car cushions <laughs> yeah yeah they showed like my strange addiction like my 600 pound life like all the all the different people and then like look at these people that can't stop having kids like yeah yeah i know what a what a weird <laughs> what a weird like phenomenon i guess that tlc became mm-hmm. well cool that's on amazon prime you said yeah awesome well i watched the idol this weekend that came out on sunday uh-huh. which has been kind of like it's had a lot of like stuff swirling around it i feel like it's already had a lot of discourse which i feel like i'm like it's been one episode (laughs) it's had a lot of discourse i feel like even like a year before it came out like i remember hearing about it and there was like a i think it was like a rolling stone article Mm -hmm. that came out like several months back that was just basically like i think they were just saying it's like a very fraught production and like Mm -hmm the budget is ballooning out of control and like people are leaving and signing or like, you know, they're having to like replace a bunch of people, um, which, you know, I don't know the validity of any of that, but I know that like people that are involved with it have come out and said that like, that's not true. So who knows, (laughs) but, um, but it premiered at Cannes. I think it was the first TV show to premiere at Cannes. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, I saw that, you- and, like, Sam Levinson was, like, crying. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my that God. That clip, I was like, no. <laughs> like, ugh. Such a cringy clip. Sam Levinson was crying, and then The weekend was, like, standing next to him, like, performatively, like, trying to be emotional. I don't know. I was just getting bad vibes from that video. <laughs> Sometimes I feel maybe that – maybe it's, like, subliminal, subliminally why I haven't, like – wanted to watch it but um like I love The weekend. like I, I love, love The weekend too I love his music and I like I think he's such like a talented artist that kind of I don't know I'm like all the discourse around like if this is a good project or a bad project or like what it is I guess I'm just like I don't want I don't want his like reputation to be tarnished by it almost so um uh- I just, I'm nervous for him because I feel like sometimes when, and this isn't the first time he's acted, he was in Uncut Gems, but um, I mean, a very small role, but I don't know. I think sometimes when you try to make the jump from music to acting, like maybe you should take like 
smaller baby steps, not like just dive into like the lead role of this like very like controversial person show. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's the risk you take. Yeah. I, yeah. I love The Weeknd too. I've been a fan of his music for like a long time. Mm-hmm. And I had like a huge crush on him before. And after watching this, I'm like, maybe I don't have a crush on him. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't want to like see him as like this weirdo. I, yeah, I not, don't know. Not that I know. I, do, I obviously know he's acting, but I'm just like, I don't know. The, his, <laughs> the, also, his like response to stuff on social media, like surrounding like the di, like the criticisms, I guess, from Rolling Stone. I I just thought it was like weird. I was like, just don't say anything. Like, no, yeah, he's definitely trying to like enter into his like creative genius era. Yeah, like I mean, I mean this in a very kind of like watered down way but he's like in his Kanye era <laughs> like, well yeah I mean know? that's like kind of how I feel like it starts and then yeah. it can snowball what, when you just like start acting like everyone's out to get you and you're like no like everyone likes you like everyone respects your work like yeah just like calm down <laughs> like you know that's the vibe I'm getting yeah um where he like I I was like reading I was just trying to get a sense because I like I said I had heard things swirling around I just didn't know exactly like what what was the issue mm-hmm. and like I was just reading things about him like kind of replying to the criticism being like I was I was disappointed in the creative direction that things were heading in so I had to step in and like. <laughs> Like, I don't know, stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, Abel. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, but hopefully he continues to make good music. Um, well, I also think that's something to me that's not very like quote unquote attractive for lack of a better word. I'm just like, okay, you're obviously coming into this with you. You don't make television. Like you're not like, like yeah. this isn't your arena. So to come in and o- automatically think you have like the creative vision to like run something yeah like I don't know I think it's just better to come in as like a student and like learn the ropes before you just like try to like take over everything (laughs) but no I agree that's just me (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it feels like the production kind of like like they're not gonna tell him otherwise obviously because you know he's one of the executive producers but Mm -hmm. you know when you surround yourself with people that aren't gonna like put you put you back in reality mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like things can go a little haywire but so you said the episode was so I didn't think that like just watching taking it from what I knew like at a very surface level just watching like an episode of television mm-hmm. um I didn't think it was bad like I thought that it was um it was sh- like visually intriguing. The story is something that like seems like something I would be interested in. Um, but based on like what I've read, it, obviously I've only seen one episode, and I think the way that the season plays out is like where it gets a little problematic. Because mm-hmm. so it's about um, like a pop star played by Lily Rose Depp, um, who I thought was really good actually, and um, 
so she it starts out we're in a scene where she's like shooting um she's in a photo shoot for like her album cover and then she's shooting a music video it's just kind of like a crazy day in the life of a pop star or whatever like many people like asking for things from her and stuff um but she meets she goes out to a club and she meets the club owner who is the the weekend character Mm -hmm. and um ends up like kind of falling under his spell (laughs) kind of so to speak um and so based on the description of the show it's like he's kind of like a cult leader a lot of culted discussions in this episode maybe i will watch it (laughs) um but yeah he's just like kind of like a slimy like club owner slash cult leader Uh who is gonna kind of get his uh his talons into her and kind of like start controlling her, which I think is where it kind of becomes problematic where it's mm-hmm. like he's controlling her, but she also likes it mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, so I don't know. I feel like I'll keep watching it, but I'll probably watch it at some point. Um, yeah. We like turned, we like opened up Max on Sunday to like look for something and we almost pressed play on it, but then I watched, um, the Jared Fogel documentary instead. Who's that? Jared from Subway. Oh. <laughs> She's in her true crime, quote unquote, true crime I'm era. in my disgusting men era. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I want you to watch it because, I don't know, it's kind of like a buzzy show, but... Mm-hmm. It's obviously, if anyone doesn't know, it's Sam Levinson who does Euphoria, mm-hmm. and it's very much kind of like in that vein. It's a little bit more like tantalizing, kind of like pushing the boundaries of what you can show on screen, I guess. But um, And I think that's yeah. one of the like criticisms of it, too. It's like, I don't know, I think it's kind of a tired conversation, but everyone's like, this is like exploitative and I'm like well I guess there's actually even like a commentary on that like in the episode itself which felt like very meta yeah um, like at the beginning of the episode Mm -hmm. and I don't know I mean Lily Rose Depp is like yeah she's completely like she's completely (laughs) capable of making her own decisions yeah I mean Uh she's young but she's an adult yeah um but yeah, I think and like like I said, like it could very much like veer into this territory down the line, but people are saying it's kind of like torture porny, which like I wouldn't say it went that far in the first episode, but like I could see it maybe <laughs> going there. Um, but I'm like, did y'all did y'all watch True Blood? <laughs> I didn't watch it. Is that <laughs> that's like I feel like that's like more graphic than like anything I've seen recently. Really? Um, yeah. You have to watch it. <laughs> I, I didn't know you've never seen True Blood. It's yeah. so good. You should watch it. You um, know, Alexander. Hi. He like that, <laughs> like, I can't believe you haven't seen him in that, like, uh, awakening. Yay, that gives me something to watch. <laughs> yeah, you should for sure watch that. Um, but yeah, so I just think sometimes when I'm on Twitter, I'm like, are these 19-year-olds like not fully formed brains yet like (laughs) I don't know like why they're up in arms but um, right I guess we'll see yeah it's just yeah oh I would be interested to know what you think especially as the season plays out Mm -hmm. um but yeah I mean I feel like my view like my the way I perceive the weekend has been shifting a little bit over the past few years. That's what so I don't want. I was just kind of ready for it. No. 
<laughs> I still respect that's him my, as an artist. That's my imaginary <laughs> boyfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, mm, twenty seventeen, the weekend. That was mine. <laughs> my shit. <laughs> um. Yeah. But he has a rat tail in this. Ew. <laughs> Ew. That I'm not okay with. That's exploitative. Dash is taking it too far. <laughs> You're exploiting his beauty by giving him a rat tail. Uh um, but it made me excited to see Lily Rose Depp because I, I had never seen her act in anything and I thought she was really good. So I'm excited to see what else she'll be in. I mean, she looks like perfect for the role that it is. Oh, she is literally has like, like she looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. If I looked like that, I'd be running around naked too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but did you watch anything else? Over the last week? Uh, we watched The Graduate Ooh. on Saturday. One of my faves. It was so good. Neek had never seen it, and I hadn't seen it in a long time. Did he like it? Yeah, he really liked it. Um, Okay, you're going to like think I'm so dumb, but I didn't realize that the dad was Mr. Feeney. <laughs> like halfway through he was like talking and I was like that's Mr. Feeney do you remember that episode of well now it's like making sense when they talked about like the graduate like a cool episode I was like I didn't understand like why they wanted to do it so bad Um, what's his name was kept saying it will he kept being like they just wanted to do the graduate shot yeah yeah I was like okay I get it but then now (laughs) I'm like oh because Mr. Feeney's in the graduate yes an iconic role and I just was thinking it was so funny because like even in that and that was like 1967 he was already like kind of older (laughs) (laughs) I know he's still he's a living legend yeah um but he was really good in that um i know all everybody in that movie was so good and the direction is just that movie is perfect it literally i I gave it five stars on letterbox because i was like no notes it's perfect It's in my top five for sure. Except I did think, like, I didn't remember how many times they replayed the same Simon and Garfunkel songs over and over and Mm -hmm. over throughout the movie. I was like, maybe they could have written one more song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a lot of, I feel like that's a theme and, like, the things I've been watching lately is just the repetition of the soundtrack (laughs) <laughs> it's funny that you said that. Yeah. Um, because I noticed it in like a couple things I watched this week. Um, yeah, I but, don't think I'd ever uh, noticed it before, but when we were watching it, I was like, this is like the fifth time they played Scarborough Fair or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's when they used to, that's what soundtracks used to be. <laughs> it was like three songs used <laughs> 20 times throughout the movie. Um, yeah, that movie changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> We've done it all. There's nothing else we can say. Um, I guess TV-wise, did you watch anything else other than Jared from Subway? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Vanderpump Rules second part of the uh, reunion. Oh, yeah. So the last part is this week. It's is tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Ah, has it been good? 
I think (laughs) it's been good, but they still haven't brought out Raquel. And I'm like, I think two of the parts should have included her instead of two of the parts not including her. Um, Is she like not a cast member technically? No, she is, but they had to, like there was an incident in between the finale and the taping of the reunion where she took out a restraining order against another cast member, Sheena. So during the taping of the reunion, they had to keep them a hundred yards apart. (laughs) So so that was like the, that was the bomb that was dropped. Like that people were saying that they thought she was No, that's not the bomb. The bomb hasn't been dropped yet. (laughs) I don't know what the bomb is, but, um, but like, it's been funny because they keep showing her in like a trailer and it's like the cryon is like, a hundred yards away from Sheena or whatever. And then like, so they've had Sheena out for the first two parts and then they sent her to her trailer and now they're bringing Raquel out. But I'm like, I would have had Raquel in two parts. Yeah, what is Sheena? I mean, she's like just another girl. Like her and Raquel were friends, like really good friends and close, but like I'd rather hear like... What made her take a restraining order out? So on the night that... Ariana found out about the affair. She, Sheena, she called Sheena and told her and Sheena and Raquel were together in New York filming Watch What Happens Live. And Mm -hmm. apparently they got into like an altercation and Raquel says that Sheena punched her, but Sheena just says, I couldn't have punched her. My nails are too long to form a fist. And so she just says she just like pushed her really hard because she had so much rage. And so... (laughs) (laughs) She like took out a restraining order and then like during the reunion they like gave Sheena this like piece of paper that said that Raquel was like dropping the restraining order um so it was just for because everyone was being super extra I guess but um. (laughs) awesome I love my nails are too long no there was like it was like like, if the glove the glove doesn't doesn't fit fit, you must quit but they showed her she was like it is scientifically impossible for me to form a fist she was was literally that's iconic i know i'll send you i'll send you the clip it's really funny but um uh yeah that's what's going on so like in my head if i'm the producer i'd rather have more time with raquel than like being mad at raquel then and it also see yeah it seems like she's getting off easy yeah so because she got to take out her restraining order yeah uh, that's funny. Well, you'll have to keep us updated next week. Yeah, I'll let you know what the full thoughts. what the bomb is if there is one. Yeah, I have to know. <laughs> the bomb has yet to be detonated. What if it's like she is? She's like six months pregnant, and she comes out with like a belly. <laughs> well, they've shown her like they've shown her walking out. They just haven't like shown that Aww. part of it yet. She's not like visibly pregnant in this yet (laughs) but then again she has disappeared ever since the reunion for like months like no one's seen her so like she's she's supposedly been in like a like a mental health facility but i'm like Hmm. that also you could also be concealing a pregnancy (laughs) yeah Yeah. she's pulling a kylie yeah (laughs) well very cool very 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 cool cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
we also tried to, we kind of fell off. Me and my husband always used to watch like all the 90 day fiancés, like every single iteration. We kind of fell off for a while and mm-hmm. like stopped watching because they were getting on our nerves. But um, <laughs> we like picked like before the 90 days just started. So we tried to like start watching it again. And these people are just out of control. <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is what you asked for (laughs) yeah I was like I don't know if I'm ready to jump back into this um yeah that's funny anything else Mm, oh yeah (laughs) I keep remembering stuff um I I've I started the season of next in fashion on netflix have you ever watched that show Ooh, no i haven't it's not to, to me it's not as good as project runway um is that the one with tan france mm-hmm. it is okay. this season is tan france and Gigi hadid are the hosts um and it's just like a competition designer show like a fashion designer show but to me they've like literally made the wrong decision every single time they've like Uh, (laughs) kick somebody off so I'm kind of like (laughs) I don't know but it really 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 makes me miss uh Project Runway because I think I'm guessing I guess it got canceled there hasn't been a new season in like a few years now Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, they should bring back Project Runway. Yeah. And did you see, I mean, I don't think you watched Top Chef, but Padma Lakshmi is like not going to host Top Chef anymore. But she's been what? the host since the very beginning, like 20 seasons. Uh-huh. Um, she announced that. So everyone was like, what? Did she say Why? Or she just said it's time. She's just like basically like it's time. I'm like devoting more time to my other creative endeavors or whatever, but won't be the same. Yeah. Yeah. It will not be the same without her. We'll miss you, Padma. She's so pretty. Every single time I'm watching it, Neek's like, where's Padma? (laughs) Just calm down. She's right there. there. (laughs) She'll see her in a second. She's not one of the top chefs. She's just the host. <laughs> um, well, I watched the new season of Somebody Somewhere. Have you mm. ever watched that? I haven't, but I do like Bridget Everett. Yeah, it's the Bridget Everett show on HBO or on Max. And I like it. I've I've kept up with it throughout the three seasons. And it's just a very kind of like quiet, like small sweet show mm-hmm. um i didn't even so know like of... i'd never heard of it until this season i didn't know it oh, had really? three seasons yeah yeah it's basically like it's kind of like like it's definitely a comedy but it's like kind of got some kind of like tough like she you know she's kind of like depressed and and stuff <clears throat> like that she has kind of like some issues um but it starts out like she I think she comes back to her hometown in Kansas to like help take care of her sister who's dying mm-hmm. and um and then it's the like the show picks up like after the sister has died and she's kind of like there and she's like well, what do I do now mm-hmm. 
And so she is kind of just like trying to find her circle of people like in this town that she kind of like has removed herself from. Mm -hmm. And it's very sweet. And a lot of the side characters are very funny and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend it. It's another one that like the episodes are only 30 minutes. So it's very easy to binge. I want to watch that. I want to watch the other two. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yes. The other two. Actually, I think I have an episode to catch up on. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I love wanna... having things to watch. Me too. I hate like sitting down and being like, I've caught up on everything. I know. I hate having like my meal and then having like being done eating with eating it before I even find something to watch. No, that's like every night. Um, it's literally my worst fear. It's my worst nightmare. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy breaking up? Oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah, Do you think that was a PR, like a PR relationship? I feel like no PR person would have set her it up was, with him. If it was, it was a horrible <laughs> publicity move. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it got her attention, but like she didn't need any more attention. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I'm very, very confused by all of it. Um, I am too. Um, it honestly kind of felt like I don't know if it's just like the side of TikTok, like I got myself on, but uh, every time I would see like a video, like dealing with her like a lot of the comments were negative which is not ever the case I feel like on Twitter now I'm seeing a lot of like think pieces about why she's probably a problem um I mean is there reckoning coming (laughs) (laughs) we gotta be careful we gotta be careful um but yeah I think I somehow got on like the side of social media where like I would I started I think probably because I went to the concert where I started seeing a lot of like tweets and videos about like how like her mind like you know just like very like over the top (laughs) and I was like I started like like pressing like I don't like this don't show me this she's she's curating her algorithm (laughs) yeah I was like I don't know how I became on this side of the internet but please take me off of it they're like we saw you were at the Eras tour (laughs) content um I was doing research it's just it's a it's um it's nice to see some perspective. <laughs> Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. nice to be brought back down to earth a little bit. Um, but then I also can't talk because if I ever see anything bad about like Beyonce, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> These people, they're just people. People. But Beyonce's done the right thing by just like being very private. Yeah. Like she's. Like, her Instagram posts don't even have captions. Like, she says nothing. Yeah, she doesn't need captions. (laughs) (laughs) She literally She's just, like, on another level, I feel like. Um, But at the same time, it's, like, if I see something about, like, the Jonas Brothers, like, I'm receptive to it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm okay to call them out on their shit. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah, same. I'm not, like, their mind (laughs) brain explosion emoji. (laughs) Their minds. Uh, it's funny yeah I it, Twitter was like popping off with like breakup 
Taylor and Maddie breakup news yesterday. <laughs> Which I'm like, can you even call like a two week, three week fling a relationship? I mean, I feel like she has in like all of her songs, but um, I mean, there's gonna be a song about him. So. Is it called like Racist King or something? <laughs> It's called, like, I broke up with you because you were racist. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know what everyone else knew already. How dare you put me through that? <laughs> but, yeah, that's, like, I guess the big celebrity news of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think what else, what other bombs were dropped. Have you watched any of Smartless? the no i also want to watch that i've i've listened to their podcast a lot i didn't even know that they had a podcast yeah Um, it's funny literally my whole tiktok like for you page is just clips from smartless i'm like i don't know how i ended up here but (laughs) i'm here jason bateman is one of my crushes so he's like so it's so funny because like when you listen to the podcast you like quickly realize he just is that he you think he he's doing a character yeah. and he's not he's literally he's just dry. yeah and yeah. he's always like giving people shit like constantly it's so That's funny the thing is based off of the clips that i've been fed i realized i could never hang out with him no. if he's gonna comment on what i'm eating everything every, turn. <laughs> every he comments on i'm just everything. like this would not be good for my mental health yeah yeah <laughs> i always and then like him and will are always kind of ganging up on um sean who i feel like sean seems like precious the sweetest angel. person <laughs> and i'm like okay y'all need to calm down but yeah, I mean I think they, that's just their so like sweet. dynamic and yeah and it's probably also like a little bit for the show yeah but, oh, he seems like a little sweet angel yes yeah um and then yeah I, I just kept seeing clips about like well people are saying that like <laughs> Jason Bateman is like what is it orthorexic like where you're just like I don't. I guess Just I shouldn't like comment. Overly on this concerned about what people eat about and food about food. And like, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I was kind of talking to my friends about <laughs> that the other night because I'm like, I'm sure he has some sort of like issues with Trauma. food. Just like growing up on TV and like being right. in the spotlight. Um, but he literally is like, I can't eat that shit, and it's like a granola bar or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, you need to calm down. And then he's like, he is like. I saw just, like, several different clips of, like, Will Arnett, like, just, like, eating his meal. <laughs> and he just keeps saying stuff about it. And I'd be, like, like, Will Arnett even seems like he's, like, okay, that's enough. Like, yeah. I can eat what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, like, I couldn't handle yeah, that. Yeah, he seems very concerned about <laughs> what people eat. Yeah, I was laughing. There's one there was one clip where he they I guess they're at a hotel and he has to like call down to the desk to order their room service and he's like reading what everyone ordered and his is like a salad. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Will Arnett got like short ribs and cookies and like That's um, what I would macaroni get macaroni <laughs> and fries. I was like, that that would be my order as yeah. well. And that's none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> Just funny. I do want to watch that though. I think it looks like it. It would make me laugh. Make me laugh. <laughs> make me laugh. <laughs> uh, I also have you ever watched? Um, I think you should leave. Mm-mm. 
I watched the new season this weekend. It's like, it's like, um, it's Tim Robinson. It's like a sketch show, but it's just like very cringy, like dumb comedy. I don't know. He's just like yelling a lot. It's really funny. I've heard people talk about it, but I've never seen it. I don't even think I know who that, who Tim Robinson is. I didn't know who he was until this show. Um, but I like the, the episodes are so short. I think I watched the whole season in like three hours. So So that was also funny. I guess I'm just in like the, after succession, I'm in like, I need to go into the complete opposite direction because I'm having withdrawals. (laughs) Are you wearing a cruel intention shirt? Yeah. Yeah. Sex. The gang's all here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i was also just in the mood all weekend to watch like i was like i want something sexy (laughs) show me something sexy so show me something sexy i watched american gigolo never seen that richard gear is hot (laughs) Hot. richard gear is hot all right well we are going to take a break and we will come right back so don't go anywhere it'll just be a few seconds And we'll be back to talk about In the Mood for Love. And we're back. Welcome back. We are here to dive into the watching up segment of this episode. So this week, Michelle and I both watched In the Mood for Love by Wong Kar Wai from the year 2000. The um, letterbox synopsis says, feel the heat, keep the feeling burning, let the sensation explode. Taking place in Hong Kong of 1962, a melancholy story about the love between a woman and a man who live in the same building and one day find out that their husband and wife had an affair with each other. So... Basically, I think I could just like generally go over the plot because it's kind of pretty simple. But um, this story about uh, two people who move into the same kind of like co-living space. Um, they they're both married. Um, one is played by Maggie Chung, and the other is played by Tony Lung. And um, they both, you know, have spouses who we never like see their faces or anything because they're very kind of like each of their spouses are very kind of like absent. Like the uh, Maggie Chung's husband yeah, is like working. always away for work. And yeah. And Tony Lung's wife is like just never around. And this is in Hong Kong in the 60s. Yeah. And so every night they kind of like each separately, they go to this noodle place to get noodles. They kind of have like their routines on their own, but somehow kind of always run into each other. And it's just kind of this like star-crossed lovers type of vibe where they're always like bumping against each other and stuff like that. Um, And then finally one day they go out to eat together and they come to the realization or they, you know, confirm what they already know that each of their spouses are having an affair with each other. And so they find themselves kind of in the same position. and, um, And so they decide that they're kind of just like walking along having a conversation like I wonder how our spouses like started their affair like what led to this point and so throughout the movie they're kind of like role-playing like each other's spouses and like Mm -hmm. it's kind of very like sensual and like 
you know, they're trying to keep it at an appropriate level of closeness, but it's very clear that they're falling in love with each other. And um, yeah, it's just kind of about unrequited love. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you think of the movie? I really liked the movie. Um, I think more so than even like the plot. I just loved the the camera work and the styling and the lighting mm-hmm. and like all the just like the overall vibes that were cultivated <laughs> for yeah, like the style. Yeah, the awesome. visual style that he um he created for this world and it's it was a very quiet movie um I like kind of like the small story and there wasn't really like when you read the letterboxed um synopsis is like something explodes like I don't really think anything there was an explosive (laughs) yeah or anything yeah Yeah, like it was never like it never really hit a anything shocking happened it was more kind of like a sad um quiet story with which I liked I liked it a lot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I liked it too um I yeah I agree with you about the visuals it's like very just kind of like beautiful to watch I love his use of like slow motion um having watched this after Chunking Express which these are the only two movies of his that I've ever seen Mm -hmm. but I'm definitely noticing like themes within his work like he loves um like I said the use of slow motion he loves the idea of like repetition and like Mm -hmm. redundancy which we see in like their actions but also in the score and the music that he uses Mm -hmm. um I think I mentioned earlier in this episode that that was kind of like a theme throughout what I was watching this week Mm -hmm. and so this kind of like you know was one of those things um so also always isn't it always the same actors in his movies? I don't know if it's always, but Tony Lung is in Chunking Express as well. Yeah, I think they're in like a couple other movies together of his too. When I was like looking at his um, filmography, but I was obsessed with the lead actress. I know she—they're both beautiful people. Like, like two so, of the most beautiful people I've ever so seen. So pretty. I was like, all wow. of her dresses. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, she wore them like. They were part of her skin, basically. <laughs> she literally looked like a fairy tale. I was I like, know. wow, she is class. She <laughs> is Miss United States. She's beauty and grace. <laughs> She's beauty and grace. <laughs> yeah, she was gorgeous. And her eyes were like mm-hmm. sparkling. <laughs> we got yep. Maggie Chung crushes for, for sure. sure. Um, yeah, I thought that their performances were great. I really liked just kind of the little moments we got with, I guess, their landlords or just like the other families that they lived with. Um, They're always kind of like, come eat with us. Like, we're making dinner for everyone. Yeah, and I was then like, she oh was my like, God, no. I would be so annoyed. If <laughs> I would they, too. <laughs> like, that's why I could not live in a co-living space if everyone was expecting me to hang out with them all the time. I'd be like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I would be Maggie Chung. I'd be like, I'm getting noodles tonight just and wonder, every night. <laughs> I just wonder if that's like, it seems like that was probably a very common, maybe still is in Hong Kong I don't know like a common way to live um I think so yeah no Um, absolutely not yeah (laughs) and I love when they were like uh freaking out over the rice cooker and I was like yeah I mean my rice cooker has changed my life so (laughs) 
Um, but I thought they were very funny. But yeah, I could never like anytime like some I want to be able to like come and go without somebody like being waiting for me. Oh, I know. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And then I was like, how did their spouses think they were going to just like get away with having an affair like with somebody two doors down? Like it didn't make any sense with to me. I was like, right? y'all really think they're not going to find out? They're not going to find out? <laughs> um, I've sh- I, can't, I have to imagine they knew. Like, it's not like they were being, like, super sneaky or anything. I liked um, how they never showed the spouses, like, I did, faces. too. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, like, they don't matter <laughs> in this story. They're nothing. They're nothing. <laughs> uh, I liked – I also liked the scene – where they were eating dinner and kind of finding out because the way that it happens is like Tony Lung's character is asking Maggie Chung like where she got her handbag he's like I'm thinking about getting one for my wife and she was like oh it's from Japan my my husband travels there for work and he got me one and then she asks him where he got his tie and he says that his wife got it for him and then basically she you know, Maggie Chung realizes that her husband has that same tie, and then Tony Lung's character realizes that his wife has her same handbag. So it's like they're kind of like putting the pieces together. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, like confirming what they already knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you describe or like tell me your thoughts about the ending? Because that, like, the last 10 minutes, I feel like I kind of got distracted and didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. I think it was just uh, so uh, towards the end, we like jump ahead in time a little, a couple of times, and it just shows uh, Tony Lung has moved to Singapore, and he asks Maggie Chung if she would go with him. But this whole time, she's been very much kind of like, "I'm not going to do the same thing that my husband has done to me. Like, I'm not going to stoop to that level or whatever." Um, and so she doesn't go with him, but she does. I think she does like travel there and never she like goes there with the plan to see him, but she never actually does it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then at the end, we see them each go back to their the apartment that they had lived in years earlier in Hong Kong and find out that, you know, the people who all the people who lived there are gone now. And so I think um, Maggie Chung like buys her side of the apartment from the people who are selling it mm-hmm. and um and then Tony Lung comes and knocks on the door of his side of the apartment and the person there is like oh no like all those people are gone there's just an like a new woman has moved in with her son and he knows that it's it might be Maggie Chung but he never like actually goes to find out if it is or not mm. and so I guess it's just kind of like a just Wait, sticking did, with this didn't they show something in Cambodia and like yeah, at the very end, he's yeah. in Cambodia. Oh. I, I guess it's just was what it I the took thing away about from like that? going to the tree and whispering a secret. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so he t- earlier in the movie he tells this story about like you know what people used to do to keep secrets is they would like climb up a really tall hill and go to a tree, make a hole in it, and like whisper into the hole the secret, and mm-hmm. then cover it with mud. Mm-hmm. And so he does that at the end in Cambodia, uh, but he does it in the middle of, like, these ruins, which I kind of just took as, like, a symbol for, like, the ruins of love that could have been or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it's just – I feel like the ending is a little just more kind of, like, symbolic 
rather mm-hmm. than like actually literal anything. It's just symbolic of like unrequited love, like I keep saying, but yeah. Yeah, that was kind of, I was like, well, y'all could just get divorced and then be together. Yeah, just the time and the culture. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's probably part of the reason that it was set in the 60s. Mm. Um, but yeah, so sad. So sad. Yeah, I was I was definitely it was not what I was expecting. I was expecting more of like sexy, like (laughs) because the title of the movie is like in the mood for love. Yeah. But um, but it wasn't that it was very much. It's like in the mood to be sad. In the, in the mood for crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I enjoyed it. It made me want to watch more of his movies for sure. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love the just like seeing the smoke, like when people were smoking, just like very mm-hmm. slow, like curls of smoke. There was out. a lot of, um, I could see now like, thinking back about other movies I've seen that have taken, um, I guess, stylistically from that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember a scene or a couple of scenes from um, Everything Everywhere All at Once where they're in one of the realities in Hong Kong. And, like, I feel like the directors definitely borrowed from, like, the, sty- the style of, like, I don't know about this movie specifically, but Wong Kar Wai's, like, stylistic Mm-hmm. stuff um they definitely used him as inspiration for like a couple parts of that movie oh cool um and then there's some other ones but now i can't remember on the spot <laughs> yeah this this movie i think was when i looked at the letterbox list i think it's number 39 on that like all-time letterbox ratings mm-hmm. um but it was also number five on the British Film Institute Sight and Sound Top 100 that really? came out. Mm. Um, that one, I think it came out late last year, um, but it's like voted on by critics. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it got number five, which is really high. Yeah, it's super high. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I agree. I definitely want to watch more of his. I just like to recognize themes, especially with people, with directors who are kind of known for um being auteurs I guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) I also kind of want to watch this one again maybe because for me it was a little bit difficult in the beginning kind of just finding my footing with the story and like because it's not very there's not exposition about like what's Mm -hmm. happening it's just kind of like you're just following these people and you don't really know what's going on at first I mean it becomes clear and I think that was probably purposeful but I was kind of like, wait, what? Who's that? <laughs> wait, is yeah. that the same girl I saw before? Like, I couldn't really, right? Um, like, orient myself. Yeah, quickly. and I feel like it, he didn't give us a lot of like, like long shots of their faces mm-hmm. or anything like that. So it's kind of like, wait, is that the, is that Maggie Chung or is that his wife or like what? But yeah, I, I agree. That kind of took me a while too. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. Me too. Did you give it a rating? I didn't yet. I was I was thinking about it. What did what are you gonna give it? I didn't give it a rating either, but I wrote something. <laughs> What's she write, girl? 
I just wrote, this film portrays the sacred act of going to get some noodles much in the same way I feel when I'm going to get some noodles. (laughs) (laughs) I did love how they had their, like, thermoses. Yeah, every time she's (laughs) walking with her thermos, like, the score drops, and it's, like, this very kind of, like, like stunted, like, violin score, and I'm Uh like, yes, it's on, baby, it's on. It's noodle time. (laughs) It's noodle time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, they should bring that back. Like, I think everyone should have their little thermos and I get know. their soup at night. Everyone <laughs> should have a noodle place within walking distance from them. <laughs> yeah, you might have to move to Hong Kong for that. But. <laughs> no, you need to bring it to the States. I don't know what I, I didn't give it a rating because I was kind of like, I don't know, but I think I would give it at least four. Yeah. I was thinking like four and a half, maybe even five, just because like stylistically it was just so well conceived and executed. Yeah, I agree. Like you I'll probably give like, it four and a half. I could tell his vision was fully realized in the way that he wanted yeah. it to be. I was um, looking at what I gave Chunking Express. I gave it four. And I think I liked this one even more. So there you yeah. go. There you go. Four and a half. Go. <laughs> um, I think that was good. I mean, it, it's really not like anything super complex. Um, mm-hmm. It really is kind of just a really beautiful, sad little story mm-hmm. that was well yeah. executed. Yeah, definitely. I related to Maggie Chung's character in that she went to get noodles and went to the movies by herself a lot. And I was like, I love to do those things yeah, as well. Yeah, I like going <laughs> to the movies by myself. I don't get to as often anymore, but... I do it every time I go to the movies. <laughs> uh-uh, um, not if you go with Mom and Pod. Not if I go with any of y'all. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move into our watching up assignment for next week so it is now june baby which means it's pride month happy Happy pride Pride. (laughs) happy pride to all and um so we decided that we're gonna go the pride uh pride month theme route and this week we are going to watch Paris is burning. Mm-hmm. We've never seen it. We've never seen it. And I've been wanting to see it for a really long time. So I'm excited to finally do it. Yeah. Um, it's a 1990 documentary directed by Jenny Livingston. And from everything that I've like heard about it, it's basically like a super kind of like tentpole depiction of the drag scene in the mm-hmm. 80s. Um which is kind of, you know, it's like where it originated. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll get to see like all of this kind of like the start of all of this Mm -hmm. kind of like jargon and like, you know, all of the the lexicon of like the drag stuff that we see on like RuPaul's Drag Race and Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, And really maybe where the pride movement began. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get to see where all that originated. So I'm excited. Are you excited? Oh, yeah. Definitely. (laughs) I've been wanting to watch that. Cool. For sure. All right. Well, thank you all for listening this week. We really appreciate you being here. Um, If you want to email us any thoughts or uh, suggestions, you can email us at watching up. 
pod at gmail.com. We know somebody's going to email us soon. This this is the it week. Might be the, this might be the week. <laughs> this is the week. Uh, you can also send us suggestions for like good movies to watch like in our theme like any if you have any like mm-hmm. movies in within the pride month theme LGBTQA. or anything you want us to talk about in the pop culture sphere mm-hmm. yeah let us know you can also follow us on instagram and tiktok at watching up pod Mm-hmm. You can follow us separately on Letterbox if you want to. Mine is at Rachel High. Mine is M High two four nine zero. Which now that I know I'm trying to get people to follow me, I should have not done it that. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you should follow us. You should also give us a five star review because it really helps us out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we hope to see you again next week for another fantastic episode. But until then, y'all just keep on living. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Love ya. Love ya. No, no, that's all I have to say.